0: everybody and welcome to the podcast. Today it's your boy Bo is joining. It's your boy Joey is joining me. It's your boy Brady. And we're gonna talk some Marvel and some comics and some fun stuff this week as we have a special episode as uh, so we're taking a break from the comics, watching Secret Invasion, which is now out, and kind of just enjoying some uh some, some time. So uh, how you boys doing this week?
1: Doing wonderful and yeah Secret Invasion we're we're a third of the way through the show. Listeners might be halfway through. You guys have probably seen episode three by now. We have not. But what are you guys' thoughts? Scale of one to ten in terms of how hyped we were going into the show after two episodes. Where are you? So for me,
0: I think a solid six because, and I'll say this: I think I think the show's good. I'm I'm not tuning out. Like I kind of I kind of. I compare it to Endor. Endor was Star Wars, big Star Wars fan. Endor lost me. And it did redeem itself at the end. But it lost me because of how uninterested I was early. *Sticker Invasion hasn't lost me yet. But it's definitely, you can tell it's like building up. It's starting to build the story. You got some major things happening. But nothing like too crazy yet. And, and, and I'm, still, I'm still waiting to see what, what comes of it. But I, I, I like it. I'm excited to see how it ends.
2: I felt the same way about Endor, where like it just kinda kept trugging along at that very similar pace where I feel like Marvel's gonna do I I mean episode three is gonna be make or break for the entire audience. Like if it if it doesn't do something big here, a lot of people will not continue on to six. I've already seen people that fell off in one and two. I've enjoyed it. I'll probably go more in that seven range. I, I think it's been pretty enjoyable. Um I love all the low-key references and easter eggs and like after i watch an episode watching other people's reactions on like youtube and stuff so i think there's a lot built into it that passes over me the first time that seeing those kind of keeps me pretty heavily involved but hopefully hopefully some cool things to come i've seen some awesome fan theories out there and probably none of them will be true but it's enough to bring me to the next episode for sure speaking what do you of think, theories, Joey
1: yeah i mean i I'd, I'd, I'd say I'm probably with Brady. I'd give it a six at the moment. I think it's it was off to a slow start for sure. I mean it's got that spy thriller vibe and um, a lot less, you know, fantastical elements than, than some of the other Marvel entries into the MCU, but I, I'm having a good time so far. But speaking of theories, do we think um so spoilers for episode two of Secret Invasion, if you haven't watched it, does Nick Fury know that his wife is a scroll? Because this is the I think the biggest thing that has come out so far is that we saw Nick Fury's wife, you know, chopping up a cucumber or zucchini or something as a scroll, and then as soon as Nick shows up, suddenly she's no longer a
2: scroll. So, so she I'm one hundred percent convinced, maybe ninety-nine percent convinced, going back and rewatching that episode, um and doing some comparisons. I thought originally that it was and I'm almost more convinced now based off of just build and voice and body type and stuff like that. I think that his wife is the same lady who brings the young boy into that original meeting and pulls him off to the side and tells him that his parents died. Um, I'm pretty one. I'm pretty positive that that is her based off of demeanor and and just appearance and specifically their voice. I, I, I think that that's her. And I think they try to hint at that. Um, I, then I went and did a little research myself as well too. She was obviously a big person about wearing those rings, where like obviously that meant came in, had to put that ring on. Um, but in the she was not wearing the same ring that she was wearing in that original scene, which was like a very scroll looking emblem scene. So maybe that was something prior from Scrollo's or. I, I don't know, but I think that that is the same person.
0: I will say I think he does know, and there's some comments that are made during the show that when when going back in the retrospect, I'm like, well, that's why he said this. But when he is fight- when they're fighting that scroll, or I think it's after they fight the scroll, and and uh, Talos goes, uh, you know, I think. Uh, Nick Fury actually insults Talos' looks, and Talos goes, "I'm an attra- I'm I'm deemed attractive in my uh, where I come from." And I think the the line of Nick Fury goes, "Trust me, I know some attractive scrolls, and you're not one of them." I was like, it's he's talking about his wife because he knows obviously." So
2: Fury has a scroll head.
0: <laughs> so I think I think he does know. I think it's I think the the fact that they showed her out in in her scroll form was like shock factor of. Like, she is a scroll. Yeah. so I, But I think... if
2: that was your wife, why would you put on your human front in, in front of somebody coming home?
1: That's what I was going to say, you know, if, if he does truly think she's an attractive scroll, and you know, they're married, and he, I feel like he should allow his wife to take her natural form, and you know, she should just always be presented as a scroll when they're together. I don't know. It, it's just it was, it was weird.
2: Might have just yep. been a weird, like, cinematic way to like introduce that person's in person form now, so so that we'll probably see more of that moving forward. But yeah, I I have a pretty good feeling that maybe they'll go into some backstory if it is that same person from the from the episode that I thought that it was. Maybe that was like her first. I could see Fury having a scroll wife, but like specifically because of kind of like the the secret life aspect of it. Where like, okay, your persona moving forward can be. My wife and we can live together, and then maybe something blossomed from that. But I don't know. They, theory... they did touch, heads, which means a lot to Scrolls. They they touched foreheads, kind of in that scroll way that they do multiple times. He did with Talos too, but maybe it wasn't as intimate between the two of them. But it does mean something in 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 the scroll language
0: to he touch also it with, He also does it with Graphic there in the in the first scene. So definitely, definitely, hopefully not intimate because Graphic was like ten, but. Um, we did. But see... scrolls
2: mature faster than us. <laughs>
0: that, is, that is true. But <laughs> you, the the thing that I, my theory is, I could totally see Nick Fury going, "Hey, I love you. To protect you, you are not allowed to, uh, you know, show your scroll form even around me. You need to be a be hidden so that you know I can protect you at all times." Type stuff. So. <laughs> And in, in, in her fashion, she's at home and she's like, I don't have to listen. Oh, he's here. You know. It could be something like that too. But um
2: wife putting out the joint as the husband walks in, <laughs> hiding the cigarettes in the in the
0: pantry. I do think it's interesting though that like they they this has been a running theme of you've changed since the blip you've changed you've changed what if he didn't change because of the blip but he changed because he found love? and you know he's thinking differently and he sees instead of being three steps ahead because he's thinking about three steps ahead he's defensive and trying to save you know his 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 wife and put her first yeah
2: you know. I don't know Here's- the whole Nick Fury timeline is starting to confuse me and even in this show We go back to Young Nick. We we go to Spaceship Nick. Um, Like every single time that something happened, like he was either working on the Shield Helicarrier, or he was up in space, or that wasn't really him down here because he was up in space again. Like, (laughs) where's where's Nick? Who is is the whole time? Has this Nick been an LMD?
1: I was going to say, that's actually my theory is that Nick Fury is not even in this show. This is just Life Model Decoy, Nick Fury for the entire six episodes. And then he's going to die. And then the post-credit stinger. He'll still be
2: up in space. We'll see
1: Nick Fury up in space, just chilling, like controlling his robot form. And and, and then, you know, the the show will end on him going, see, even when I'm out, I'm still in, baby. (laughs)
0: i i i would love that um well, how do you there's, guys there's the how do you guys feel about uh Gravik as a character and uh i forget her name but Talos' daughter gaia gaia Daenerys? Um,
2: i mean i feel very differently about the two of them
0: Gravik is oh, just,
2: i mean he's a badass like there's no denying that that man walks in and commands a room but he's scary dude like literally just the anxiety of him walking through that scene right before the bombing. And he changes like seven times. Um, it just directly out in public. Like, I'm like, there's no way that me as a viewer is going to, I can't keep up with this. Like they're going to throw so many plots and twists on there that I'm going to have no idea. And then the answer is just going to be, Oh, they were in a different scroll form. I'm like, I'm going to have to accept that. I'm like, Oh damn it. You're right. That's what scrolls do. Guy, on the other hand, yeah, she's playing a cool double field there where obviously she has her family loyalties and she's kind of part of this rebellion as well too. So I, I don't know how that's going to play out because she really hasn't fully committed to one side or the other yet. Obviously yeah, she helped aid with, we'll try to with the bombings, but then that ended up not working out pretty well. And we still lost thousands of lives. So I don't know. I like the character development of both of them and I'm excited to see the backstory too, where it keeps pounding <laughs> back to them. Like, in their childhood form, and like showing how that kind of relationship and the rebellion built up, but I don't know if I fully get Gravik's original just meaning behind all of this or his uh, his motivation to do so. Where basically it's just he didn't find us a home. He said he was going to, and he didn't. Like maybe just bring it back up a conversation, like hey remember 25 years ago where you said you were going to find us another planet? And then you did, like, is there, can I get a
1: status update on that? Bring it up in conversation. When and where exactly? Nick Fury's boots barely even touched Earth, and he was back up in space. But <laughs>
0: Yeah, and it's not like these scrolls that are, because I thought the same thing, but it's not like these scrolls that are here have, like, a spaceship or a way to travel. Like, they're literal outcasts that came along with the promise that they're going to have their own planet, and well, I don't agree with the methods of killing all the humans and stuff, but you know, they said, "Hey, we're gonna we're gonna get our planet, whether whether it's this planet or not," in the creepy tyrannical way, you know. But I am very interested. my My biggest thing is gonna be finding out how Talos' wife uh, ended up dying, because there's been hints that you know they they did it. the The people that Gaia is working for did it. Is that really true? Is that Talos just you know trying to get Gaia to come over, and she actually died of natural causes? You know, it's I, I'm interested to see how that plays out.
2: I trust Talos. I for some like his character, and again, maybe that'll be the plot twist where th- this whole time he had some ulterior motive, but he's been kind of a reliable source so far. So That's one would, of, the, one
1: of the big, big one of the big theories I've heard is that he is going to wind up being like the big bad guy of the series all along. Yeah. Oh, that would but suck. You,
0: you got to think like when you're first introduced to Talos, which is in um Captain Marvel, right? He's actually a bad guy. He starts out as a bad guy and it, it's not until the end when you realize his motives are actually to to protect his family and find his family and all this that you're like, "Oh, he's actually not that bad." You know, like it could easily switch back. I love his character, but i could I could see it. I could see it happening.
1: I'm curious. Can the can scrolls fool each other with their impersonation tactics? Like can they impersonate another scroll and then like fool scrolls? or would they be like, Ah I know that that's not you.
0: I would feel like they could, but they would have, I mean, because you're a scroll and you do it, you would have like a, Heightened perception about it, you know, he'd be like, mm, Is this more than a human would? So, before the Scroll Cree War and it was
2: just scrolls on scrolls, did they ever use this power? And if so, what did they turn into? Like, if they're just living amongst each other, was it just a power wasted? Because I'd be having so much more fun on Earth. <laughs> Maybe that's why they wanted to
0: take over the planet.
1: Speaking of them being on Earth, though, um, another thing I read online. Uh, we know now that there are like millions of scrolls on Earth because Talos called them all when Nick Fury disappeared and, and told them to come there. How did they arrive here without anyone on Earth seeing a big ass scroll spaceship landing on Earth?
0: They probably landed in like some place where they weren't were going to be found. And why man? didn't
2: they just take that spaceship and go somewhere else?
0: <laughs> true, that is true though. It does. What happened to that spaceship?
2: <laughs> what, can they not
1: be looking? Why is Nick Fury in charge of finding them a planet? Like, what's Nick know about planet? He's from Earth. Like, we don't really know that much about outer I'm. I am sure I, the scrolls know way more about space and like mapping the cosmos than Nick Fury does.
2: Nick knows more than we know
0: than Nick knows. That's Nick Fury. If anybody knows, it's Nick Fury. Yeah, but I think probably how it played out in my head and how I rationalized all that is, Nick probably talked to the people who do know more, aka Carol Danvers, and uh, she's been doing.
2: Hey, we need this one.
0: Well, that's because Brie Larson will is is, her her budget's way too high after they paid Samuel L. Jackson. So,
2: well, that that was the plan too. Essentially, he didn't say all find you. He said me and Carol will like it was a joint thing. So basically, under her under his direct she's out there looking and she, she she's a a hopper
1: yeah she suffers from the uh the you know downside of having op powers i mean you can't just you can't have carol danvers in anything other than the most essential marvel movies because she's just too overpowered
2: well this is carol's fault but yes. that also leads me up to i saw that this was probably going to be just a big build-up to the marvels movie because I think there's not a whole lot of hype behind that in itself. I think we'll see some Miss Marvel, Kamala Khan, maybe even some Monica Rambo tie-ins towards the end of this.
0: I'm all for it. I'm that is like I feel like that's one of the ones where like non Marvel nerds would probably be like, eh, "That's whatever movie." I bet that's going to be a bomb movie. But in the trailers for the Marvels?
2: Nick Fury's up in space again, so I don't even know when that takes place in the timeline compared to this.
0: We just explained that at the beginning. It's a life model decoy that's down here on Earth. It's still in space right now. I'm just saying,
2: guys. We're too good at this. We found out all the hacks.
0: Yeah, we need to. You know what's 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 the um, the the robot from She-Hulk that's that's making the actual scenes because uh, we've hacked it for sure, Kevin. Yeah, it's Kevin. We've hacked Kevin. We know exactly <laughs> what his next move is. Uh
1: well, um, any any other plot points or, or theories you guys want to discuss about the show before we get into the, the meat of our
2: episode here?
0: I'm the happy only- to dive
2: into the to the episode. I feel like the other big thing that they hinted at that we didn't talk about much was kind of what they were doing in that lab and what they showed up on the computer and the different powers such as Groot and extremists and the call obsidian and the frost beast, um, four powers, four of them. Very, very similar to what the, the super scroll carried before for distinct powers. So I've, I've seen and heard some theories about that, that I would truly love to buy into, but I don't
0: know enough. yet to fully disclose. Oh, it's almost like somebody called super scroll when we were talking about the ship, but whatever. Anywho, um, the only other thing that I I wanted to say is after episode one I was really hoping for a um, Thanos wasn't wrong type thing with the uh, the scrolls and uh, they've taken it to uh, extremes that I don't think I can get behind. And I'm disappointed in that. I wish I wish I could uh, understand their 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 plot and I hope that that it gets back to that at some point. That is all.
1: We hear Talos calling Nick out a lot. You know, about changing after the blip and all of this, and yada, yada, yada. I feel like the scrolls aren't having the same reaction to the blip as humans. did would they not have also been wiped out and like lost fifty percent of their population? That was a universe thing, not just a human thing. Uh, why are the scrolls not like on the same emotional level as us when it comes to the reactions to the blip?
0: Well, I think it's they for my understanding, it's like it ch- changed people differently, and the scrolls. It kind of seems like with with Talos and and other ones that they just went back to being who they were. They're like, oh, blips, blips done. We need to be back and on our path to finding our pl- our new planet. And Nick Fury, obviously, the blip definitely affected him. You could see like when when he got blipped away, his reaction to it when he was calling Carol Danvers back home. But like, you know, it's just. I think they're saying that he changed, he's not the same person he was before, rather than he changed, like, how could it affect you, if that makes sense. I
2: disagree. I think the blip had a big impact. It's had a big impact on everything since it happened in MCU. I bet you that there'll be a flashback to that time period that we'll get, and I bet you during those five years, somebody important got knocked off, and that's when Gravity started to rise in power and get his following and he's kind of like at that top dog cream in the crop of that council now so i bet you during that he took full advantage probably whoever was left during that time because they probably lost a lot in their own ranks kind of came together started to really truly form that rebellion and we're seeing the after effects of that now let's talk comics
0: i'm excited to see
1: all right yes we'll we'll see what happens in the show but Let's get into our, uh, our main discussion here. It's a, another bonus episode. Bo was gracious enough to pass on, on his bonus to allow me to, to take the reins this week because I do have a, uh, a theme here tying into our discussion last week of the Secret Invasion comics. So I discussed last week that I did read all the tie-in issues. And so what I want to do today with you boys is go through pretty much every single comic that I read. Um, we're not gonna do this issue by issue, obviously, there's a hundred of them, but rather we're just gonna take every single title that I read, I'm gonna give you a little bit of a um, plot summary. This is not gonna be quite as detailed as my typical plot summaries, um, and you may notice that I grew tired of, of writing some of these plot summaries as we get into it. You'll, you'll notice some of them are a lot more detailed and some are you know, <laughs> just a little bit of a teaser, really. Um, but what we're going to do is the three of us are going to come to a decision. Basically, we're assuming that eight issue run that you guys read is the main you know, secret invasion TV show, essentially. And we are going to work together to decide what movie the MCU is going to make as a tie in to the secret invasion television show.
0: Let's do um, it.
1: So we're gonna take one of these stories, turn it into a movie, or you know, if it's one of the ones that maybe you know, draws your attention more, but it doesn't have quite as much plot, maybe it's just one of those one-off forty-minute specials on Disney Plus, like the Werewolf by Night special. But um, I've got a—I'm uh, ripping off Brady's idea from a couple of weeks ago. Um, we're doing a, a bracket-style thing here to to make our decision. Pull up my screen here and. I've got a, a couple things pulled up. I've got a uh, an Excel document here that shows every single um, title that existed in this Secret Invasion event, which are you guys able to see
0: this okay? It's uh, loading for me, but I will be. Yeah,
2: I've got two little trolley dots. There it is. All right. So I have
1: on here 24, really 25. I've combined two of them. Um, this is every single title that you know had an issue pop up at least one issue in the uh, secret invasion event so like i mentioned there's x factor and she hulk were two separate titles but they collectively made one story so i've combined them here Um, so there's 25 really 24 stories going on here these things i have highlighted in orange I have decided, um, I've made the executive arbitrary decision to throw these out the window. We're not going to be discussing a lot of these ones in orange because just not a lot happened or it was like a one-off thing. Um, So what I'm going to do is uh, I have taken the rest of these um, and then I, I guess I should mention these two highlighted in green, the New Avengers and the Mighty Avengers really more just expanding upon that main Secret Invasion title, um, not necessarily offering a ton of additional story, so I'm throwing these out the window as well. Um, So with all of these highlighted ones out, I've got this narrowed down to 16 different stories. So we've got basically a sweet 16 right off the bat, uh, and we're just going to go through this bracket style, and there might be a, a little bit of a twist later on, but.
2: I'm looking right. at the list right now. I know myself. I know Brady, and I already know there's a clear-cut winner. <laughs> However, let's let's just go ahead no spoilers for the for the folks at home and uh do this the old-fashioned way.
1: Yes. So I I've got this split out as a bracket. It is set up with, you know, my I I did rank these already. I have these in my preferred order in terms of what I liked when I was reading them. Um so rather than, you know, uh, doing what Brady did last uh, time and, and just picking one randomly or whatever it may be. I If you guys decide uh, you know, to split your vote and, and you guys are voting for two different stories, whichever one I gave the higher seed will, will be the winner and it will move on. Um, so we've got the one seed facing the 16 seed. However, you do not know what seed any of these are because this is just randomly set up here. Um, but we'll go ahead and jump into round one here. So, <laughs> like i said 16 stories um, to go through here and i do have a quick plot summary typed out for each one um so our first matchup we've got secret invasion x-men which was i believe a three to five issue run um, and it is going up against captain britain and mi-13 which was a i think five issue run um taking place in britain so let me give you guys a quick plot summary of these two stories. You can feel free to ask me any questions that you've got, do some discussion, and then make your decisions on which of these stories you would rather see in the MCU. So Secret Invasion X-Men. Thinking that all the main threats lied on the East Coast, the Skrulls believed the West Coast would not pose a threat to their invasion. However, they neglected to think about the fact that the X-Men had recently relocated to San Francisco. Um, So the X-Men, currently being led by Scott, our boy Slim Summers, he, his leading brain, Hank McCoy, discovers that the virus that has developed that was developed to wipe out mutants can actually be repurposed to attack scroll DNA. Um, he learns mm-hmm. every single cell of scroll DNA contains a similar mutation, which is what allows them to shapeshift. And the group has to decide if they're willing to basically commit genocide in order to win this war. And, You know, Scott makes that decision. He takes this virus aboard the Skrull ship uh, in in a move that appears to be, you know, the X-Men surrendering to the Skrulls. Uh, But he reveals to the Skrull General. Basically, he's poisoned their entire crew. Um, He gives them the choice. They can have the cure to this virus in return for them leaving Earth and never coming back. And rather than giving up, the Skrull General orders all of his troops into their ship, and he basically kills every single troop in San Francisco. Uh, to prevent this virus from expanding into the rest of the Skrull fleet. And so the threat over San Francisco is taken care of, and that is the secret invasion X-Men story. And that is going up against Captain Britain in MI-13, which uh, America is not the only country dealing with this Skrull threat. Across the pond in Britain, the the Brits come under attack by super Skrulls. And that forces some British superheroes to assemble under MI-13. Uh, which includes Pete Wisdom and his ex-wife Tink, who I shared this with Bo at some point. Two very <laughs> striking resemblance to Peter Pan and Tinkerbell. I, I don't think they are <laughs> technically them, but but it's Peter Pan and Tinkerbell. Bell. <laughs> um, the scrolls are are going after Otherworld, which is a, a pocket dimension in like a British high fantasy style with you know magic and elves. Um, and the scrolls are gathering these various mystical and magical items to build a magical Super scroll. And so with all this magic from Avalon gone and stolen, um, they decided to release this dark, evil magic to to basically combat the scrolls. And Captain Britain is resurrected as a result. And he uses Excalibur to defeat this magic scroll. And dark magic begins to basically overtake Britain. However, it does expel the Skrull armies, leaving them free and clear for now. But it's clear that something is going to be coming in Britain. So these are our two stories. We've got X-Men in San Francisco, and then we've got the MI-13 Brits across the pond. Boys, thoughts on these two?
0: I just say, this seems like it's going to be a lot harder than I thought, because for me, both of these stories seem super cool, because it sounds like, and correct me if I'm wrong with what you're thinking, Bo, that sounds like genocide and a mental battle of is this you know morally okay versus uh literal like the start of super scroll which is like one of uh, one the one thing i'm super excited and hope to see in in the in the secret invasion so this is a this is a tough one for me
2: Uh, yeah i was definitely surprised by the description the first off well written joey Um, I feel like hopefully the the comics are as cool as your recap because the stories alone, like either would be really well. I, I heard the secret invasion one for X-Men and I was just like, yeah, that's dope. That's going to win for sure. (laughs) Because if that was a movie, the plot twist of the ending alone is enough to completely sell me. And I love X-Men. And if we did make that into a movie, it'd be the first MCU X-Men. Um, and that would just be kind of like a really cool start there. So I would love the ability to kind of cast that and play that out. But yeah, under the Disney umbrella, we could literally make that as close to Peter Pan and Tinkerbell as possible. It could it could literally actually be them if they wanted to merge those worlds. But as far as like the the magical fantasy. Marvel and uh Disney together would probably make a very dope movie under that realm. Um so that would that would be tough for me as well, too. Um I feel like that would be a cool storyline. However, yeah, just the just the plot and the and the ending and the action and the psychological part of it and Scott Summers being the the, the leading man. Um I'm gonna have to go with the X-Men for a winner of this round. All right
1: gotta vote for x-men brady which way are you leaning
0: i would like to cause a tiebreaker but i do think i'm gonna have to agree with the secret invasion x-men i think that 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 plot of this thing almost killed us but we can use it and that battle for is this okay to do would intrigue me more as a uh, as a story so i'm with it on uh the uh, secret invasion x-men
1: all right, Secret Invasion X Men moves on, and Captain Britain falls by the wayside. Um, I will say, had it gone to a tiebreaker, Captain Britain actually would have been the winner on on that one. But yes, both both stories were were very interesting. I just vastly prefer that you know high fantasy element. It's something that we don't get a, a ton of in, in Marvel comics. That you know magic, uh, other world, which is a super cool thing that. Um, is a a huge part of captain Britain's story, but we will move on to our next matchup here. We've got two secret invasion titles here. One is secret invasion frontline, and it is going up against secret invasion, the amazing spider-man. So let me pull up the plot summaries for secret invasion frontline first. This is a story that follows the lives of some of our non-costumed heroes. So while those in spandex are busy fighting or, you know, not knowing who to fight in the Savage Land or, or the streets of New York or wherever those fights are happening, this series takes us to the streets of New York and gives us a window into the lives of those on the front lines. So we get writer slash editor Ben Urich of of the Daily Bugle, who's struggling with his personal life and ongoing separation from his wife. Uh, when he suddenly finds himself in the thick of this invasion happening in New York and he meets up with, you know, an NYPD officer, a cab driver, a Stark Industries employee and, and his daughter. um, and, and this group of, you know, non-powered individuals has to basically fight and make their way through, you know, the New York City subways. Um, they wind up in the Stark building at one point, which, um, you know, gets locked down when Stark tech goes all on the fritz and, and haywire and they're kind of stuck in that Stark Industries building dealing with this Skrull invasion. So it just gives us a a glimpse into the lives of those people that actually, you know, live in, in New York City. And we get to see, you know, how they had to deal with this invasion without our costumed heroes being involved. So that's Secret Invasion Frontline. And that is going up against Secret Invasion, The Amazing Spider-Man, which was a three-issue run. Um, so while Spidey is busy dealing with the threat in in the Savage Land, um, Spidey actually does not really pop up in this in this particular story, which is kind of ironic, it being a, an Amazing Spider-Man run and all. Um, but Spidey's busy dealing with other stuff. This story follows a new group, uh, Jackpot, who is a redheaded female superhero. Uh, the Daily Bugle owner Dexter Bennett and his employees Robbie Robertson and Betty Brant, and then police officer and Pete, Peter Parker's roommate Vin Gonzalez, are in this big group. Um, Jackpot goes in and, and confronts Dexter Bennett, the Daily Bugle owner, for printing you know some libel against her. And suddenly, the hero has to deal with a super scroll showing up disguised as Spider Man. Um, it turns out this scroll is actually looking for the real Spider Man and believes that one of the members of this group is the real Spider-Man and, and you know, basically takes them all hostage, and forces, you, know, Spider-Man, quote unquote, to reveal himself. Um, but you know, Jackpot basically saves the day. Uh, fights this super scroll, and then along the way, Jackpot also faces off against a new goblin villain, Menace, who I think pops up for one of the first times in, in this run. Um, so not a not a ton happening in, in this particular story, but um, we do get the introduction to Jackpot.
2: Sounds like a Sony film Like they have the rights of Spider-Man, but they can't actually <laughs> use Spider-Man. We'll, we'll leave that for Sony of these two. I definitely wasn't going to choose Frontline to begin with because for some reason, the, the everyday man in the superhero world, I used to love that. And now I despise it. It just feels like a group of people walking through a Disneyland theme park ride where like there's hints and clips of the superhero stuff happening around you. But really, it's just a group of people walking together until you get to the end. However, I feel like they could probably do some cool action sequences with that. It would it would definitely be the bonus episode and not the movie. It'd be like a 40 minute special and you would have hints and ties to the stuff that's going on in the actual MCU movies that you want to watch. Um, but my vote is going to be for front line of this. You can't have a Spider-Man title without Spidey, even if it is a scroll Spidey.
0: I will, uh, I will cause a tiebreaker because uh, I also think that you know, unless there's some kind of twist where the the people have some kind of uh, some kind of superpower, I think the the non superpower superhero thing is kind of kind of meh, and uh, I think it'd be. I think it's better to see the, uh, the Super scroll come out and pretend to be Spider-Man and make that a, uh, make that a thing. And while, you know, it is kind of lame not to have Spider-Man in an Amazing Spider-Man thing. I think that, you know, if you're reading it and you can pretend like we're talking about what's going to make them the best tie-in or movie. But if you can make a tie-in or movie where it's, hey, this is Spider-Man, haha. And then it's actually not, you know, I, I think that would make the better show.
1: All right. Well, um, you know, you mentioned the non-powered people and, and how that's kind of boring. That was honestly kind of both of these stories. Uh, they, they both kind of centered around these non-powered individuals. I mean, we had Jackpot and the Spider-Man run, but it was really just focused on that group of like daily bugle workers and this uh, police officer slash Peter Parker's roommate. And um, they're just kind of making their way to Bowes Point through an amusement park. but. Uh, if it's up to me to break the tie, as much as I am a huge Spider-Man lover, which everyone knows, we're taking Secret Invasion Frontline to the next round. The Amazing Spider-Man just not my uh, not my cup of tea when, when Spidey's not there. He, he did show up for like the first page of each issue, basically to say like, hey, I'm busy fighting in the Savage Land, but like here's something else that's happening. <laughs> All right, well that takes us to our next matchup, which is going to be the Thunderbolts, versus Incredible Hercules. So the Thunderbolts, we'll start with this one. This was one of the first plot summaries I wrote, which you can probably see. It's a little bit longer and more detailed, but also just you know had quite a bit more happening in, in this particular story. But um, Thunderbolts, we see the group in Colorado is consisting of Mac Gargan's Venom, Moonstone, Bullseye, Swordsman, Radioactive Man. They're all led by Norman Osborn, our, our guy, the Goblin. Um, they're as destabilized as ever, and they are attacked at, at the mountain by Captain Marvel, who has, unbeknownst even to himself, been a Skrull sleeper agent. Uh, Norman convinces Marvel uh, that you know he he's the only one that can decide who he truly is, and uh, Captain Marvel begins kind of dealing with an identity crisis. And I did throw in a quote on this one because this was one of my favorite quotes from almost all of the issues that I read. Um, Captain Marvel is attacking Thunderbolt's mountain. And Norman Osborne, just calm and cool and collected, goes, Hey, my name's Norman Osborne. This is my office you trashed and my people you smacked around. Would you like to have a drink and talk about it? Uh, but, anyways, while after all this happens, team member Swordsman, um, who was recently reunited with his twin sister, uh, kind of upset Norman Osborne with this because Norman had been using this, you know, missing sister to kind of dangle in front of Swordsman and and keep him in check. But Um, Now she's back. So the group travels to DC. They defend the capital from the invasion and in front of many cameras who begin to start seeing Norman as this great leader, uh, you know, sowing the seeds for the dark rain later. Uh, Venom and Bullseye are released to kind of wreak havoc. And this has both good and and terrible side effects as, you know, they're killing all kinds of Skrulls, but they're also Venom and Bullseye and can't really help themselves from killing anything and everything. Um, doing during the fight, Swordsman's sister is suspected to be a scroll, and Bullseye just kills her. Uh, she was a human. Oops. Uh, anyways, Norman, who's been you know taking medication to hold back the Green Goblin personality, begins to kind kind of become unhinged while he's battling. Um, it, he takes on this large group of supposed Spider Men that are all scrolls. He's having the time of his life doing that. The group decides to keep the fact that Bullseye killed Swordsman's sister a secret, and they tell him, hey, the Skrulls killed her, Uh, and that's kind of more motivation for the team there, Uh, and then they move from D.C. to New York, and and we see them, you know, at the culmination of all of this, join the fray before Norman gets the the final kill shot. So that's the Thunderbolts storyline, and it is going up against incredible Hercules, where... This is all kind of happening in in space, not on planet Earth. But Hercules assembles a literal God Squad. They are called the God Squad, um, consisting of a bunch of gods that I personally have never heard of. Um, Ajak, Atom, Atom, uh, Mikabashi, a Japanese god, Snowbird. um, And they're joined by Hercules' little sidekick, Amadeus Cho, who's like the seventh smartest uh, person in the world. And they are basically assembling to counter this scroll threat popping up not only on Earth, but seemingly everywhere across the cosmos. And the group learns a lot of the scroll religion driving the invasion attempt through this storyline. So we get kind of the, the religious back uh, story to the scrolls and, and what's kind of causing them to do all this in the first place. And we get, a, you know, an explanation as to who exactly loves everyone. We actually meet the scroll god in and, and Hercules deals with what appears to be you know the scroll god killing Amadeus Cho. Um Amadeus kind of sacrifices himself and then we see the Greek god go on it, you know, in a tailspin and, and just take out a bunch of, of scrolls and, and the scroll god and and then we learn that you know Amadeus was actually alive all along and, and he's reunited with Herc at the end of this run. So Thunderbolts and incredible Hercules. I have a hunch I know what what's gonna happen here, but love to hear your guys' thoughts.
0: I wish that
2: I, each one of these would have taken on one of the ones from the previous round because both of these sound dope. <laughs>
0: that is my take. I think I'm I love I mean I, th- I don't think it's uh it's a mystery that we all three love the Thunderbolt uh run and you know I love Norman Os- Osborne and his his character uh, development and I know that that's going to be one that I would 100% watch as a TV series. But also, you're bringing the gods into it with Hercules and all this stuff, man. Oh, and, and it just sounds dope. And I think, I think I know Snowbird in the MCU. Is that like the Midgard? Is that like the Norse god?
1: I honestly forget who exactly Snowbird is and what she's all about. Um, I, uh, I can do some quick research. Bo, what are your thoughts?
2: of Snowbird. I don't know Snowbird. I recognized Ajax cuz Ajax from the Eternals.
0: Oh, that's true. Yeah, so, so she- that's
1: what I had thought too, but then I I don't know. I just it it seemed like a different character than the one from the Eternals movie at least. Uh but it, it very well could just be.
2: Well, Ajax in the comics is a dude. So yeah, it was definitely recasted to be different in the in the movie. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, of these two the they both sound super cool both very uh, i will choose thunderbolts a million percent of the time um specifically this version of the thunderbolts where it's the darker edgier side that turns into the dark avengers i just have such a tie to that and to see that in live action i mean you're saying the names again you've got bullseye you've got venom like swordsman is not he's not my favorite but he's he's a cool dark twist on that as well too Norman Osborn and and this light is like one of my favorite versions of him because there's just so much power and backing behind him. Um, Moonstone, who's basically like the team's Miss Marvel and the Dark Avengers. Like it's a a sweet lineup. I'm going to go. Plus, I think it ties super heavily their involvement and and several of those instances specifically through this comic run and what's going on in the main line. So I think it'd be a super cool tie in there. Obviously brings in like the what really happens in the comic worlds after what we just read going from secret invasion into dark rain um that's that's my vote 100% are you going
1: to force a tie
0: i want to but i i don't think i can i think i like i think i i, I i'm in agreement which kind of kind of sucks because i i really do think that it would be Super dope to get the new gods that are there um into a into a a, a series or a show and I, or a movie or something. i because I, I think that Thor, like part of the the allure with Thor is he's so powerful. He's literally a god in Marvel. And if you just have this other like, oh, this threat is so big, we have to assemble a team of gods to come and like I think that would be such a cool story to watch and I could have, and, and not knowing any of the other ones we're about to go through I could see this being a final but as Joey said when we were doing my rendition of the bracket sometimes you just have to ask I don't know how these guys are paired up against each other in the first round but they are and you just got to go with it and I think I'm going to go with it and say uh, that Thunderbolts moves through and I wish it was different
2: yeah I think that Marvel had their chance with, partic- like uh, just showing the gods to be this really cool, awesome, badass group, and Thor: Love and Thunder ruined that. <laughs> the the gods are are a a laughing source of comedy for me, and and live action so far.
0: Yeah, which yeah. Is super super saddening that it is.
1: Yes. All right. Well, Thunderbolts move on. That is the one that I would have picked as well. The Hercules, I mean, I, I love the concept of, you know, the God Squad, but um, I just, I personally was uh, kind of checked out as I was reading that story. It wasn't necessarily super interesting to me. So that was uh, not one of my higher ranked stories that the Hercules run, but glad Thunderbolts moves on there. Um, so we've got a couple more matchups in the first round here. We've got Secret Invasion in Humans versus Avengers the Initiative. So Avengers the Initiative, um, you know, looking back at the the 50 States initiative is, is what that one is is kind of about. But we'll start with Secret Invasion Inhumans, which follows our, our inhuman group, you know, at this point led by Medusa, because Black Bolt has been kind of missing or not on Adelan recently, but Medusa and the rest of the Inhumans are, are brought into the fold that Black Bolt the, the king has actually been a secret scroll for some time. Uh, devastated by this, because Black Bolt is her husband, Medusa begins the search for, you know, the real Black Bolt and starts taking some very extreme measures. Traveling with her family members to see Ronan the Destroyer, the Cree the from um the Guardians of the Galaxy original movie, uh, Medusa offers you know, the Inhumans... F- to finally fulfill their original purpose. They were created by the Kree way back when to help them battle the scrolls. And, and she's, you know, willing to make this partnership finally happen. Um, and in exchange for Ronan's assistance in this war, Medusa offers her sister's hand in marriage to Ronan, which does not go over well with Crystal, her sister. Um, but the, the group travels to various locations across the universe gathering, you know, these MacGuffins that are needed in, in this quest. Um, and and then we we finally see Medusa and Crystal kind of square off in a gladiator pit in this big female society on earth. Uh, before they eventually, you know accept their fate, they deal with the scroll threat and and their and you know to the people of the inhumans. and Crystal accepts that you know she will marry uh, Ronan and and this alliance proceeds as expected. Um, so that's the secret invasion in humans. Uh, not a a terribly long story but um you know not not a ton of plot but it was more about the kind of emotional impact for for that one in particular and that is taking on avengers the initiative which i will pull up the storyline here this series follows like i said the 50 states initiative members as they deal with the incoming scroll threat Um, New initiative member 3D Man travels from state to state, basically assisting these initiative teams with the invasion, um, while also dealing with the fallout of the fact that Hank Pym, who was kind of the leader of this, was working to ensure that almost every single one of these teams had a secret Skrull member. So 3D Man turns out to be one of the few people that can actually identify Skrulls via his 3D powers. Um, and throughout this uh, story, he hooks up with the sk- the Scroll Kill Crew um, to assist them in identifying and killing scrolls. While new Ant Man Eric O'Grady uh, mm-hmm. is also going around just cracking jokes about Jessica Drew's boobs the entire time. And then we also see Initiative member Crusader, who is also secretly a Scroll, but not necessarily a part of the invasion. He decides he's siding with. Earth and you know the Avengers and he fights against his own kind before tragically at the end being shot in the head by 3D Man because you know he saw he was a scroll so he just shot him um, and and that's kind of how the Avengers Initiative storyline wraps up.
0: All right, yes. uh, you didn't have to uh, you didn't have to go into too much detail there. Uh, Avengers Initiative goes on. You mentioned 3D Man, which I want to hear more about. You mentioned Eric uh, O'Grady with his uh, his l- lewd comments about female characters in their their voluptuous uh front sides and you know i just think that uh i think that it's just yeah we just got to do it that's all yeah
2: the initiative's got to go through for me as well too just not a huge Inhumans fan for some reason the celestials the gods the Inhumans, um just have a bad taste in live action in my mouth so far so I don't think I'm ready to tackle that rebranding quite yet. And the the storyline of the initiative just sounds cool. It sounds comedic yet pretty action filled at the same time. Very kind of like the boys like where there's like these jokes being cracked, but the also a lot of murder. So um, I, I think that that would be pretty cool uh, place into a live action setting. I'm I'm gonna make that a, a full on movie.
1: All right. Avengers. The initiative is going to move on and we didn't get one of these last week. So I figured I'd throw one in. Why not? It's burr, 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 the surprise script read of the week. Nope. So boys, I just sent you two photos on your cellular devices. Um, this does come from the Avengers. The initiative story. Um, and so if you're looking at the the first picture, we're going to start halfway through this Um there are three parts to be read. There's really it's a lot more of a monologue than than much else. So which one of you would like more of a part in this? First volunteer wins.
0: I heard Bo would like it. All right. Like
1: you were the, you were first, the first one first that he one. heard. Brady, you <laughs> yeah. were the first one. You're getting the part. All right. You are I will I will take on the role of 3D man as well as some uh, some narration here. Um, Brady, you will be Ryder who is the human-looking guy with the cut-off sleeves that's Man in the Grill. Um, and, and, Bo, you will be Riot, who is the large, insect, alien-looking p- person who... It
2: looks like a brood with legs.
1: Yes. It, it, we'll, we'll learn here why they look that way. But, um, like I said, we'll start about halfway through this first page after the explanation of 3D Man's powers. Um, so are you guys ready for this script read? Let's do it. All right, so I'll start things off. 3D Man has just explained how he got his 3D powers and the ability to basically see, you know, scrolls for who they really are. Um, so 3D Man has ex- explained his powers, and he says, as for me, I met up with a group called the Triunes who transferred the original Triforce energy into me. Now I carry on Chuck and Hal's fight. So that's it. How'd you two become the uh, kill crew?
0: Back when the Fantastic Four it first started out they caught a bunch of scroll infiltrators. No prison could hold them, so Reed Richards hypnotized them into thinking they were cows. Somewhere along the way, the cows got slaughtered, chopped into meat, and put into America's fast food. Some of the folks who ate the scroll burgers got shape-changing powers. Oh yeah, and a disease that slowly killed them. Think of mad cow disease on acid.
2: It killed our friends Moonstop, Dice, and Catwalk. It's why I'm stuck looking like this. But you know what? It was worth it. Because ever since we <laughs>
0: ate that meat, we could see all the scrolls hiding on earth and kill them. And these new scrolls came along, and we've only found one way to detect them.
1: Lord have mercy. You mean to tell me that in order to see these new scrolls, you have to eat one of them first?
0: Well, we did until we found 3D man and his magic specs. Now we just do it because we like the taste.
1: Oh, that's disgusting.
0: Yeah, guess what? That's war.
1: And scene. All right. I Not had to throw that That's a boys,
2: but that was, <laughs> that's a funny one. I liked yeah, that no, one.
1: I, I had to throw that in just because I, I mentioned that scene last week, but the Skrull burgers, you know, going out in, in America's fast food and, and giving people basically Skrull powers that wind up killing them was, was a. a Marvel retcon that I had to make sure the world knows about.
2: I still think that the Skrull Burger should be sponsored by Mark Skrullberg, and there should be a a meat store that they own. Maybe a a car sale. <laughs> i mean, on vacation when he went and ate. Uh, we bought everything that uh, Mark Wahlberg has branded under the Wahlburgers and his
0: his pickles
2: and his special sauce pretty delicious but um apparently the the scroll burgers are pretty good as well
0: Mm. I, i i will say my favorite part of that reading was probably something that the viewers probably didn't even get out of it which is the viewers the listeners didn't even get out of it which is when they were talking about actually like doing the scroll burgers there's literally just a scroll head on a grill in a backyard like, <laughs> that's how shocking it was. It's like, they didn't, like, you know, cut up some meat and you just go, oh, maybe that's scroll. No, there was a literal giant decapitated head on the on the grill. So, is that the meat that they're eating?
2: You think it'd be more body related? Or is that, like, just kind of like a, is that the dessert?
0: Was it a shock factor? They were just tossing it on there? To, to, I don't know. But I thought it was funny.
2: I
1: can't imagine there's much meat. In, unless they're just eating the brains. Yeah. Mm, brain
0: burgers. Gotta get the power, dude.
1: All right. Well, we got a couple. We we're only halfway through the first round. We should probably hustle along here in the interest of time. But our next matchup, we're going to have Secret Invasion Runaways slash Young Avengers, and yes, that is the title. It is both of them in in one title. Um, and then this is going ag- up against. Like I said, there were there was one dual uh, run story where it was one story going back and forth between two different titles which marvel does love to do uh, to convince you to buy more comics but that was x factor and she hulk so let me check out the secret invasion young avengers slash runaways plot summary here Um, While walking through New York, the Runaways witness the Skrull army invading the city, and during the fray, known Skrull member of the team, Zavin, takes out her teammates in an attempt to basically remove them from harm's way. Um, However, the Young Avengers witness this, and along with the other Runaways, believe Zavin is fighting on behalf of the Skrulls. Zavin explains that if the Skrulls are invading, this means they must have already won the war, and they're simply here cleaning up. Um, So she was just trying to save everyone. Hulkling, meanwhile, uh, who is half Kree, half Skrull, is being hunted by the Skrull invaders as he is prophesied to be the Skrull race's savior and the Skrulls behind the invasion do not want to see this happen and they kind of want to take him off of the field. Um, Zavin saves Hulkling at the last minute and is attacked by several super Skrulls. Um, New Avengers members Wiccan and, and Speed help get Hulkling to safety. And then the two groups of young heroes work together to defeat this big group of Skrulls before they also head off to join the main battle going on in the main title. So that's the Runaways and Young Avengers. And then we've got that going up against X-Factor She-Hulk, which um, follows She-Hulk and her, her friend Jazenda. They are traveling to Detroit, and while on the road, She-Hulk learns of the impending invasion. Um, and, and knowing Jazenda is a Skrull becomes mistrusting of her partner. Uh, Jacinda is assuredly on Earth's side in, in the invasion, and, and we learn of her history being the daughter of the OG Super Scroll that we talked about with the Fantastic Four powers. Um, that is Jazinda's father. She's forsaken her family and decided her life uh, you know, on, on Earth is more important, and her father is basically vowed to kill her. Uh, but in Detroit, the pair take on the mutant group known as X-Factor, which consists of uh, a few mutants, namely uh, Darwin, however, is, is kind of the main one there. Um, a, a member of which it, it, this X Factor team is also a, a scroll. Surprise, there's another secret scroll in, in the ranks of one of these teams. Um, but not just any scroll. This this person is the talisman, a, a physical representation of the scroll gods. His presence is required on Earth to ensure the gods bless this invasion, and, and taking him out could have disastrous results for the invading armies. Um, and so after they capture the talisman, She Hulk and Jazinda come face to face with that OG super scroll. Um, I believe his name is Clert. And he and She Hulk battle in, in the air. They battle on, on land. And then, when they eventually are, are overpowered by this Super Scroll, he decides not to kill his daughter, but he does take the talisman and, and flee, leaving Jennifer and, and Jazenda behind. And that kind of wraps up X Factor and She Hulk's story.
0: Hmm. Another one, another two, and this might be an unpopular opinion, but another two that I honestly would like to see both of them in. Uh, I think that the big, big good for the scroll or the big, I mean, he's not really a big bad because it doesn't sound like he's like super powerful killing wise or threat to humanity. But definitely a a thing that the scrolls don't want to lose being infiltrated of like a, you know, blue collar uh, superhero team. It'd be in, that'd be an interesting story, um, versus you know the 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 Runaways and you know uh, Hulkling and a, a story that I actually would think would be really cool as as a total. So I'm interested. I I personally give this away. I think I would go with the Hulkling story with the Runaways. I think that one's kind of too cool. Um, you have you have the Hulkling being the the savior of the ones on earth. And, and, you know, I, I just, I think that one would make the cooler story.
2: Yeah. I got to agree too. I got to go Runaways, Young Avengers. I love both of those teams, specifically the young Avengers and yeah, Hulk links, tie-ins being half scroll, having those powers, like you can't pass that up. So um I, I think that that would be an awesome tie-in. Um Wasn't as interested in the other one. It'd probably be kind of cool as well too, but uh young Avengers runaways for the win
1: all right runaways young avengers moves on to the next round and we are going into our next matchup which is iron man director of shield versus secret invasion thor starting with iron man director of shield so with iron man You know, in the Savage Land, this is similar to the Spider-Man story. We we don't necessarily follow Iron Man throughout this because he's in the middle of something. Rather, we're following War Machine as we see the fallout of Stark Tech failing across the globe. Um, We find out Tony has built a safeguard into Rhodey's suit that allows him to avoid the infection uh, impacting the rest of Stark Tech. And after receiving a private pre-recorded message from Tony indicating something must have gone wrong in Rhodey's only one he can trust. Uh, Rhodey takes off into space to a secret satellite that was built by Tony that very few people know exists. And there he meets up with Susie Endo from the Force Works. Uh, She and Rhodey are the few remaining people Tony thought he could trust. Two of them, the two of them must deal with the invading Skrull ships that are coming from all over in space. And we see Rhodey transform this entire satellite into a giant flying Iron Man suit in space, which was kind of badass. Um, after seeing several scroll ships descend into russia Rody follows them to attempt the to stop the infiltrators from obtaining russian nukes the russian group of superheroes the winter guard see Rody and uh view him as an unauthorized intruder in addition to the scrolls and they demand he leave uh Rody refuses because you know shit is hitting the fan and and he needs to help the russians uh otherwise they their country may have fallen and and so the Rody helps them out. He he falls under um, attack, and the Russians basically abandon him to die at the at the command of their commanding officers. However, Crimson Dyn- Dynamo goes against these orders. He goes back, rescues and helps Rody. They drive the remaining scrolls away from Mother Russia, and the, his superiors are, are sending fighter jets to take Rody down. Crimson Dynamo basically commands them to stand down, uh, demands they they fly away and and leave Rody alone. Essentially, committing treason to assist Rhodey and in, and in, in leaving the country unharmed, but he tells Rhodey, you know, it's it's okay. He's fairly certain he can convince people that he thought they were scrolls, so he didn't follow their orders. Um, so that's the Iron Man director of Shield, and it is taken on Secret Invasion. Thor, which was a smaller, shorter story, um, but following Thor right after he comes out of the Odin sleep. He's in a new Asgard in in Oklahoma and, you know, as is his human alter ego, Dr. Donald Blake, which he is currently inhabiting. Um, And when the invasion happens, Thor actually allows Beta Ray Bill to to wield Mjolnir in his place. Uh, So he kind of just remains as as Dr. Donald Blake for a lot of this to help humans as you know, as a human doctor. Um, And then Bill eventually... While he's fighting, he recovers his own weapon, Stormbreaker, and then the two, both of them, you know, wield their respective hammers, suit up for battle, and we see Beta Ray Bill and, and Thor fighting alongside against the Skrulls. So this is Secret Invasion Thor against Iron Man, Director of S.H.I.E.L.D. Thoughts?
0: So, as we talked about with, like, plot holes, where why didn't this happen, or why didn't they just do this? My big issue with Iron Man Director of S.H.I.E.L.D. is if he put a failsafe in Roydy's suit, why would he not put a failsafe in his own suit? Or in anything that's like majorly, like maybe just the one bottleneck, you know, that, that would stop it from like literally destroying the planet. You know, why not just put a, a failsafe there? But so so I have a, I have a, I have a personal vendetta against uh, that one. But I think I like it more than the Thor one. I think it would make for a better story. I love a, a good Mother Russia, uh, usa coming together to defeat the bad thing and us getting away and not 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 having to actually go to war with russia as well because of it so tie-ins to secret invasion i'm sure but like yeah i i i think i'm i think i'm leaning a uh, director iron man director of shield even without iron man there go roidy
2: I'm going to have to go ahead and uh agree with you on that. Specifically if the if the plan here is to come up with a movie that's going to tie into the current TV series and uh for some reason I'm getting big scroll vibes from Roadie and and Secret Invasion right now. Like if it's somebody that we know that's been taken over that we didn't know about for some reason his actions and his dialogue along Nick Fury just kind of made me think that there was somebody else making those decisions and how quickly he, he fired him. And, um, I know that he's a big play by the books, support the government kind of character, but it just seems a little too rash for me. So, um, but yeah, I'd have this backlog here and give him kind of that, that full, I mean, Rhodey's been Iron Man in a lot of instances where it, it truly mattered, like secret wars and things like that too. So, I think that'd be awesome. And I love the Winter guard as well. That's another really cool team that when they're with the Avengers, I think plays really well. So that's my vote.
1: All right. Iron Man director of shield moves on and we get into Black Panther versus Deadpool. Black Panther is obviously okay. taking place in Wakanda and it follows Black Panther and his queen who is Storm. Uh, they're defending Wakanda from the invading Skrull army. It's happening all over the globe. Uh, after quickly identifying and dispatching the Skrulls within their own ranks, T'Challa and Storm deal with the advanced technology and super powered Skrulls that are invading Wakanda. Uh, they find some success by using their Wakandan technology to basically force these captive scrolls that they that they caught to impersonate them uh so they they get these scrolls force them to impersonate t'challa and storm and then these scrolls then capture t'challa and storm quote unquote thinking you know they're torturing t'challa and storm when in reality they are actually just torturing their fellow scrolls um and so they you know the uh they when they think they've captured them this allows the Skrulls' defenses to fall just enough so that black panther has the ability to basically cut all the power to everything and we see them prepare for this epic hand-to-hand battle between wakandan and Skrull warriors which is obviously going to you know give the advantage to wakanda so that is black panther and it is going up against deadpool which It was a three-issue run. When the Skrulls land in the middle of a minor league baseball game, the home team's mascot reveals himself to be none other than Deadpool himself, who was just sitting there waiting for this, disguised as the mascot of this baseball team. Uh, So trapped in the stadium with the aliens, he begins battling. Uh, After a fight, he seemingly turns sides, tells the Skrulls he's willing to join them. He's, He's taken to the Skrull ship, where, you know, he's experimented on by the Skrull scientists who use his DNA to enable their own Skrull super soldiers to have the power of immortality. Um, But telling the Skrulls that that no one can do what he does without training them. Um, You know, Deadpool works his way into a leadership position of this new army of what I'm calling Skrull pulls. However, they didn't (laughs) You know, count on the 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 scrolls also inheriting Deadpool's mental instability, and they also didn't realize that Deadpool's power is not genetic. Um, his his power of immortality is not genetic. It's it's actually intricately linked to his cancer. And the scroll pools basically start going insane and killing themselves at a whim. Um, they're making jokes while they shoot themselves, and and it's pretty funny. But meanwhile, Deadpool battles several warriors on board this ship before making his way to the command center, where he gets a hold of no one else but Nick Fury. Um, he gets him on the line, and it turns out Nick Fury had sent Deadpool on this mission in order to extract extract scroll biology information, specifically how to kill a scroll queen. Um, however, when Fury expects the information to be sent directly to him, it's inexplicably instead sent to Norman Osborn, who appears to have been working behind the scenes to sink his teeth in everywhere, and I think this ser- this story serves as the explanation for how Norman knew Or, and was able to kill the Scroll Queen.
0: I I don't know if I have to talk about which one uh, goes on. I do like the Black Panther story, but uh, I am a huge Deadpool nerd, and that story seems awesome. (laughs) So, I am going to uh, just hold it at that and say Deadpool, the Deadpool story is by far the one that I would love to see. I I just picture Ryan Riddles getting experimented on. And him going, oh well, hey, you know, you know, making some kind of sick joke about probing or something, and and somehow convincing his way into into leadership, and 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 then like watching them kill themselves as he like lays back in like a lawn chair that he pulls out from somewhere in space and just sits there. So st- like, and there's just so much you can do with it. It would be so freaking funny. So count me in for Deadpool.
2: Yeah, no tiebreaker needed here. I think that story also sounds pretty awesome. I, I got to go with Deadpool on this again. Huge Black Panther fan, um, but as far as like the movies that we put through so far, like there, we need some comedy in there, and I think there's going to be a lot associated with this. I too am also a big Deadpool fan, so that's gonna that's gonna that's gonna be a tough one to beat for me.
1: All right, Deadpool moves on as I figured it would, um, and we get into our last match for the first round here, which is going to be Guardians of the Galaxy going up against Secret Invasion Fantastic Four. Alright, so Guardians of the Galaxy is um, it takes place in the wake of an Annihilation event in space with the fabric of space being damaged. Star-Lord uses Mantis' abilities to basically convince the Guardians team to assemble. Um, he kind of messes with their minds in order to convince them to do that. Uh, so he's with Adam Warlock, Rocket Raccoon, Mantis, Drax, Quasar, and, and Gamora. Um, and, the, and the group have made Nowhere their, their home base, which does not go over well with the local inhabitants of Nowhere. One of whom is Cosmo, the space dog, who I I love. I love a good Russian um, space dog. And then the base is bombed and and becomes overrun with Skrulls. This Skrull invasion happening, like I said, all over the place. And seeds of mistrust are planted in in the group of Guardians. With the base on lockdown, Drax begins to hunt down each and every Skrull that he can get his hands on. Uh, Nowhere's administrative council accuses the Guardians themselves of bringing this threat onto their base. And... Drax in an effort to basically take care of the scroll threat releases a blast that renders everyone on the base unconscious basically to the point of death which gives the group the ability to identify who is the scroll because while they're you know unconscious they revert back to their scroll form. The group learn of Scarlord's scheme um, after after dealing with the scroll threat they they learn that their minds were basically invaded by Mantis and the story ends with the group uncertain of their future. Uh, so that's Guardians of the Galaxy. And like I said, that's going up against Secret Invasion Fantastic Four, which was a three-issue run. Um, and so when Secret Skrull Sue Storm transports the Baxter building with herself, Ben, Johnny, and the kids into the Negative Zone, the new quote-unquote Fantastic Four of Johnny, Ben, Franklin, and Val have to deal with getting back to the real world. Johnny fights the Skrull version of Sue, who reveals herself to be Johnny's ex-lover, Lijah um johnny's had a a lot of loves in his life one of whom was indeed a scroll and and that's who was impersonating sue here and meanwhile ben is protecting the kids from these negative zone monsters that are popping up and the kids decide to use the super suit that their dad uh made for them without their mom's approval mind you but uh, he made this big ass super suit for them in case of emergencies they come to ben's rescue at one point and, and save him from this giant negative zone monster Franklin then suggests that the group break out one of Reed's prisoners from the negative zone prison that he's got in, in here, which big uh, questions about how Reed Richards is feeding these prisoners in the negative zone. Cause there's not really a staff at this prison, but uh, anyways, they decide to break out one of the prisoners to basically help them fix the device. Cause Johnny and Ben acknowledge they're not smart enough to figure out how to get back to the real world. So they break out this super criminal bargains are made and the crew eventually makes their way back to reality. So Secret this is one story that
2: more. I honestly wish that I would have read at the same time that we read the Secret Invasion storyline because it really just, it kind of hints at it when you see Stu do. Stu, <laughs> Stu, Storm, that's Stu, by the way, send them into the negative zone and with what happens with the portal and Ben and Johnny going to save them. I love me some Val and Franklin. I think that was awesome additions to both the family and the team. Um, I, Reading them in comics is always fun. And then, yeah, Ben and uh, the Human Torch are two of my favorite duos when it comes to saving the day. So that's definitely one that I think is pretty crucial to the main storyline, just because the Fantastic Four's tie-ins to the Scrolls. It's hard to top Guardians of the Galaxy, though, especially in any kind of live action, but I'm going to have to go with the Fantastic Four on this one.
0: Sweet! So I will force the tiebreaker, because... I love the Guardians of the Galaxy uh, MCU versions of them. I love the. the I think they're uh, perfectly cast. And w- as Joey was describing this, I saw like Drax going like into his like rage mode and and going off, and then like Star Lord like questioning him in the middle of it, and him like going like what, dude, and just ripping a scroll in half or something. You know, I just. I saw that. I saw Mantis like struggling like to decide if she should or shouldn't do it. I saw the reveal at the end of Mantis going like, oops, and then like actually saying what, what she did with everybody, which causes the divide. You know, I think I think it is already like set up so that you could make that a movie in the MCU and it actually do really well. So I'm going Guardians. But I do like uh the Fantastic Four story. I do think it's I think it's a tough one because I think it's pretty vital to uh the story to figure out what happened in the negative zone i think releasing a bad guy is always that uh-oh moment to see what happens after you do that but i'm definitely going guardians 100 percent.
1: all right that leaves me to break the tie and i did have a guardians of the galaxy ranked higher than fantastic four so i am taking guardians to the next round so we are past the first round which Hopefully this should go a little bit quicker from here on out. Since I've already given you guys the plot summaries, I am always happy to give you a friendly little reminder of what happened, but let's get into round number two here. Our first matchup, we have the the f- first winner from from the first round, Secret Invasion X-Men, going up against the Thunderbolts in, in Norman Osborn. What are your guys' thoughts? We've got the X-Men versus the Thunderbolts.
0: Uh, Bo, would you like to uh, give our unanimous decision, please?
2: Oh, I I did not know that you were going to be on the same side as me as this one, but I got to push through Thunderbolts.
0: I'm I mean, also that, pushing through Thunderbolts.
2: Yeah, that's just my team, and I'm so excited for them to come into live action. I again always love those comics. I don't have to defend them anymore. Thunderbolts is the winner for me.
0: Yep, I and I did. If, I'm remembering the X Men story. I did think it was a good story, but I think if, if we went back and and listened to when Bo and I were making this decision, the Thunderbolts versus I think it was the. the the Avalon one, the uh, yeah, the Captain, Captain Britain, Britain one. Captain Britain, the Captain Britain one. Like we said that that one would have beaten the one right before it, no matter what, either way, and it still stands. It's definitely Thunderbolts, hundred percent.
1: All right, uh, I, I I had in my mind what the final four would be coming into this, and I'm curious to see if it if it shakes out. Thunderbolts was definitely one I had pegged to make it to the final four, and it has. All right, but uh, moving on to the next matchup. We've got Secret Invasion Frontline, the one following the our you know our non-costumed heroes, going up against Iron Man director of S.H.I.E.L.D., a.k.a. War Machine director of S.H.I.E.L.D. Um, we've got Rhodey and the Russians going up against Ben Yurik and the non-costumed heroes.
0: So this is an easy one for me, too. Bo, what do you think?
2: Yeah, I would, obviously it's director of S.H.I.E.L.D. going forward. That front line... I was I was even nervous to even just push it through in in the last round. I wish that this is where we could have like had something where the Fantastic 4 and the Guardians could have been split up. Um however, yeah, uh Iron Man director shield. Again, not another one of my personal favorites, um but it went this round pretty pretty easily.
0: Agreed. I'm I'm with it. I actually think it's probably top 4. Like I know that, you know, we said Captain uh, Britain and, and stuff like that would may have made it if it was up against different ones, but I actually think if it was Iron Man, Director of S.H.I.E.L.D. and Captain Britain, I probably would have picked Iron Man, Director of S.H.I.E.L.D. I love the Russian tie-in. I love Rhodey getting his thing going and 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 doing it. I still think the plot hole of, well, why didn't Iron Man just put Seville safes into other things? But whatever, you know. I, th- I still think it c- could be a really good story.
1: All right. So Iron Man is moving on to join Thunderbolts in the final four. Our next matchup is Avengers The Initiative with the 50 States Initiative and 3D Man and Ant-Man going up against Secret Invasion Runaways slash Young Avengers. So for me, this
0: one is The Initiative. I fell in love, and it's partially why my bonus episode was about the 50 States Initiative. I fell in love with the idea of the 50 States Initiative. I loved the characters that came from it, and I think that it's a really cool and and exciting way to do new characters into uh into the mcu if you do a a a initiative type thing um i think it would be the best story i like the new characters that are in it i've i've made it clear that the new ant-man is with his comedy and his his almost borderline vulgarness probably one of the things that i think would pair well with deadpool in a uh in a uh, mcu run um so I'm going to go Avengers Initiative.
2: Yeah, I had the Whoa. same kind of thought where I think this would pair well up with the Deadpool crossover. The Eric O'Grady character is very on par with the with the gray morals and the and the humor behind it. So this would have to be TVMA, but I'm going to go through with the Initiative as well. I think the Runaways Young Avengers, again, I love that storyline. I think it's crucial to kind of like the scroll story overall. But um, if this was just a side thing, the initiative is going to be the winner for me
1: with quick tangent while we still have the ability to talk about them. uh, The runaways was something I had never read a single comic book issue with the runaways involved until this uh, crossover event. But I did watch that old ABC show. Did you guys ever watch that runaway show that aired on, I believe ABC? Definitely. Yes.
2: Um, That cloak and dagger. That whole kind of universe tied in really well.
1: Did you have any prior Runaways knowledge before watching that show? Had you no, had I any watched it because it said
2: Marvel in the title. <laughs> that, I was <laughs> not in my comics yet at that point. But yeah, I was just watching everything that came out um, that said Marvel on it. And that was just in that same line. What was the other one too? Legion was another like on Hulu, ABC, um, Marvel kind of tie-in that I knew nothing about and watched. But yeah, I enjoyed the Runaways.
1: Yeah, it was a good show, but yeah, I, this, I had just never even seen them make their way into a story that I was reading until now. It was, it was kind of cool, and it, the, I think the, the show did a great job of getting their characters right. I mean, they, they seem very similar to their characters in that show. But all right, last matchup in the Elite Eight here. We've got Deadpool going up against Guardians of the Galaxy uh it brady is is your love of deadpool just auto pushing him into the final four or is guardians of the galaxy the story actually keeping your interest enough to make this a battle
0: it's definitely a battle but i still think it's not the love of deadpool but the love of that story think about a movie where deadpool goes into space and they let him do experiments on him. i painted the picture before i think it's so interesting and it would be so hilarious with Ryan Reynolds and and doing it that I think it pushes through for me no matter even though I said it makes a perfect Guardians of the Galaxy one I think it makes a perfect Deadpool one as well and I think that for me that Deadpool story is it that comedy side of it it's more it's funny it'd be funnier it'd be yeah it, it, all my opinions by the way it'd be funnier it would be more perfect for the Deadpool side of the house
2: Bo well,
0: Deadpool Yeah I, I also
2: have to go ahead with uh with Deadpool on this one if it would have been the Fantastic Four, it would have been kind of like a close tie-in for me. However, yeah, the, the Deadpool one for me just absolutely wins. I, I think that the comedy side of thing, it's honestly, I don't know if it's going to make it much further than this, even though I thought it was going to be the clear winner at the beginning when I saw it. However, yeah, this versus Guardians, we've already got too many Guardians films and bonus episodes. So Deadpool needs a needs another spotlight.
1: All right, so we have our, our final member of the Final Four here. The The Final Four consisting of Thunderbolts, Iron Man Director of S.H.I.E.L.D., Avengers The Initiative, and Deadpool. One of these will have a Secret Invasion movie being made. Um, and I'm going to switch things up a little bit here. We are not going to do traditional Final Four, you know, two versus, or like one-on-one, one, two two different matchups. Rather, I want to ensure... That neither of your least favorite of these four becomes our champion. Um, I don't want some arbitrary matchup, you know, robbing us of of the championship that everyone wants. So, uh, Brady, I gave you the 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 heavier reading earlier, so I'll I'll go with Bo first. Bo, I would like you of these four stories to eliminate one that you do not want to have a story a, a movie made. Just pick your least favorite, and we're, and we're knocking it right off the board.
2: That's easy for me, um, but I don't like where this plot twist is going <laughs> because I feel like that's not actually going to happen. However, to answer your question with uh, all hesitancy, I feel like Iron Man Director of S.H.I.E.L.D. is going to be scrapped for me.
1: Iron Man Director of S.H.I.E.L.D. is off the board, and Brady, I'm going to need you. Thunderbolts, Avengers The Initiative, and Deadpool. Which of these is not being made a
0: new movie this is where bo gets nervous because <laughs> i Maybe know which right. he has
2: the floor i'm there
0: <laughs> i know which one he, he 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 i know what battle in the finals he wants and it's probably the battle and that i want but when he said it was easy i figured this decision would be hard for me because i figured we'd have the same lowest one of all oh, that that one's gone and we can talk about the other three but we have different low ones so it's going to be the battle we want bo because adventures the initiative was my my least of these three i liked the roadie story and i think that getting rid of getting rid of the initiative which is sweet still awesome definitely a final four contender but that, that ooh, i'm interested to see how this next battle goes
1: oh man all right so we have our championship matchup it was a little unconventional how we got here but we're going up with Thunderbolts and Deadpool, so just a quick reminder: Thunderbolts follows, you know, obviously Norman Osborn and the Thunderbolts from the the mountain in, in Colorado into DC before they go to New York. Deadpool follows Deadpool on the Skrull ship, making you know scroll pulls, getting Norman Osborn basically the the information he needed in the Thunderbolts story to take down the Skrull Queen. These stories are kind of inter intertwined, but Thunderbolt versus Deadpool. What are you guys thinking, and, and are you going to make me actually get involved here and, and make a tie-breaking vote?
2: I have a feeling that, Joey, you will get involved because if I would have had a scrap two, it would have been Director of S.H.I.E.L.D. and then Deadpool. Um, for some reason, I would not have, at the initial view of this list, done anything with the initiative because I didn't know anything about it. But hearing the story, I think doing that live reading got me a little glimpse into the story, which always sinks me. I'm getting big, like the boys vibes from that. I think that it could have been portrayed in live action really well. I love when you bring new characters in that are extremely likable. I knew nothing about Erica Grady until the last couple weeks of conversation. And I knew nothing about the Kill Crew or the story about the Skrull Burgers until you brought it up, Joey. But now I think that it's, you can't go without knowing it. So bringing that into the live action uh, would be hilarious. I love the Thunderbolt so much as well, too. And everything Deadpool is right up my alley.
1: However... I'll tell you, I'll tell tell you what, though. That... I will offer you an olive branch here. And I will reveal, just for the sake of fun... That Avengers, the initiative was my favorite storyline. That was my number one story. Um, I am willing to offer you, uh, if you and I come together and just veto Brady and say, we're taking Avengers, the initiative as our champion. I'm, I'm 100% willing to do that if we just want to kick Brady off of the podcast
2: and and just take over. <laughs> I know that that would probably be the outcome that you want, Joey. You however, guys are squirrels! That's that's not the game that we're <laughs> playing here, man. This is The rules were set. And we got to abide by them. Um, however, I'm going to bring this to a tiebreaker of the options that we have left because I'm going to go with the Thunderbolts. Again, yet another one where it's going to be a lot of people we don't have in the MCU. We don't have in live action yet um very similar vibes to the initiative when i'm planning that out to be live action i think it'd be hilarious i think it'd be dark it'd be gritty and that's right on my right on my alley when it comes to what uh live action movies tvma shows and things like that would be obviously that would be deadpool 2 however this is not a critical deadpool story for me um i feel like this puts him in kind of like a support character role in a sense uh, where Norman Osborn and the schools are like the bigger over branching theme here. I like Deadpool when he's leading his own action, so I'm going with the Thunderbolts.
1: Brady, are you going to, in fact, make it a tie? Are you going to shock the world and just say that you're taking the Thunderbolts?
0: I think that the, the question. I think I need to ask a very pivotal question. The whole thing with this is what makes the best MCU thing that we we want to see in the MCU. Correct. Are we taking it as well with that the thing, the original Secret Invasion comics that we read are already quote unquote in the MCU and this is tie-in to tie into it? Or are we saying a standalone? I think that's important here.
1: It is, yes. We are assuming that eight issue main story that we read is essentially the TV show that, that is coming out. We know that that's not the case, having seen a couple episodes, but we're just, that is the assumption and we're making the tie in movie.
0: So I think I'm going to shock the world and say Thunderbolts because like I said, I, standalone Avengers initiative and Deadpool would be my final. But if we're trying to tie it into that Thunderbolt setup or that, not that Thunderbolt setup, but that secret invasion setup where Norman takes Norman Osborn takes the, takes it all and becomes this like person of, of heroism for the, for the world. You know, I I just I just, I think you have to have that backstory of of why he did it, you know, and what what's going on, and I think that's Thunderbolts. And as much as as much as I would love all three of those, I think those were my top three. As much as I would love all three of those, in I think I, I think it does. I think it I think it goes through.
2: Well, I love that choice, Joey. I'm looking at your ranks, and I am shocked. I am shook it. Yeah. So I. I,
1: I while while Brady was talking, I did reveal my my rankings for all of these stories. Uh, Thunderbolts would have lost had it come to a tiebreaker on a technicality, uh, because I I did put it at four and Deadpool at three. However, I had probably four of these stories that I was constantly while I was putting this together shifting in my rankings because as I was typing up my summaries, I was just like remembering how much I enjoyed some of these things uh and and one of those was thunderbolts i think my initial list had thunderbolts at like eight and then as i was typing out the summary i was like okay this is this is now six and i was like okay this is now four um and i almost bumped it up over deadpool actually but my my initial ranking here i'll just quickly run through these first i had the initiative i mentioned that my second was shocking it was secret invasion frontline um it it Reading it now, I, I understand why you guys didn't take it very far in the bracket, but reading it, it was one of my favorite stories to read. It was super cool um, just seeing all these characters that I really didn't know much about other than Ben Yurick, I, I knew of as, you know, the editor of the Daily Bugle. But I just really thought it was cool seeing like these normal humans taking on aliens and then just kind of getting a, a glimpse into what all of this craziness looks like from a normal person's perspective. Um, And there was a lot of character, you know, emotions going on. And and it was just a really fun story. But so that was number two. Deadpool was three. Thunderbolts was four. Captain Britain was five. Guardians was six. Iron Man director of S.H.I.E.L.D. I had at seven. X-Factor, She-Hulk was eight. Runaways, Young Avengers, nine. Thor, 10. Fantastic Four, 11. X-Men, 12. Incredible Hercules I had pretty low. Black Panther was 14. um, Amazing Spider-Man not quite my least favorite but but almost and then inhumans i had at the bottom of the list
0: i think it's pretty important to say though that you rank these based <laughs> off of what how you like reading them right because if i did the same thing and i read them all deadpool would be my number one it wouldn't even be close but because it was the times with the movie that's where I, I think the the tiebreaker came and that's where i think it's different and and you know i i will say after reading this and your summary of the deadpool one I wanna go read that Deadpool one. And I wanna go read uh Thunderbolts and The Initiative. I want more more uh more of the new Ant Man, but I, I, I see, I get it. <laughs> That's what I, I see. I get it.
1: You could very easily read this Deadpool story in about twenty to thirty minutes. It's three issues. There's not a ton of, of you know dialogue. It's it's um just mainly Deadpool cracking jokes and, and some fighting going on. But yeah, three issues you could easily read that in, in no time at all.
0: I might just have to. Brady,
2: i say that you do it because since we're reading the Dark Reign over Branching title right now, there is a, I think, four comic series of Dark Reign, Deadpool versus the Thunderbolts that is a direct sequel to those two
0: stories. Well, yep, I'm going to have to. I'm going to have to read that, and then I'm going to have to read Dark Reign, and I'm going to have to read the Deadpool one, and it's going to be a great week of reading.
1: Yes, and, and real quick shout-outs to the titles that I did not mention today. Um, Secret Invasion, Who Do You Trust? was a, uh, a one-off. It was just one shot, and I uh, gave some like introductions to some different stories that were happening across this event. In, in and of itself, it was not a story necessarily. It was just kind of you know an introduction to what's going on in the Secret Invasion event, so I, I threw that one out. Um, New Avengers and Mighty Avengers, I mentioned, are just kind of too close to the main story. Uh, New Avengers Illuminati was basically, you know, one issue of the Illuminati series that kind of told us the history of the Illuminati going to the Skrull homeworld back during the Kree-Skrull war years ago. uh, They warned the Skrulls against, you know, future invasions. And and the group in this issue basically contemplates if perhaps this entire thing is their fault because they went and and basically threatened the Skrulls way back when. Um, And and I learned in that that how long the Illuminati's actually been around, which was uh, shocking to me. Ms. Marvel, I, I had on here as well. That one, not a ton of plot really really happened in, in this particular story. It was mainly just kind of supplemental information around you know Carol Danvers arriving in New York. We got some really cool action scenes, but, but again, just not a, a ton in terms of plot happening there. Um, New Warriors was one I, I honestly don't really remember what happened in, in New Warriors, to be perfectly honest. Uh, but uh, it was another one I just decided to throw out because it was one issue. Um, Nova something happened in in Nova and Nova was kind of actually important. uh, But I personally have just never been at all interested in the Nova core and like a lot of this cosmic stuff in in the past. So I decided to just throw this one out. Diehard Marvel comic fans listening will probably um, yell at me for not including this, but Nova was, was kicked out. And then the other one that I did not talk about was another one shot issue Punisher war journal. Um, which again, you can see how lazy I got with these plot summaries, Brady. It says something happened. Um, Punisher <laughs> War Journal basically just saw, you know, Frank Castle killing some people. It was classic Punisher stuff. But oh, again, one one shot issue, nothing major really happening.
0: And uh, with that, I think it's time for us to hop off too. So we'll be back next week with more readings and more fun, um, as well as probably a secret invasion talk. So um, with the new episodes coming out, so. I uh, hope y'all enjoyed. Hope y'all enjoy reading along with us and watching the show and y'all have a great week. We'll catch you next time. Bye.
1: Thank you for listening to another episode of comics over coffee. Please be sure to join in again next Saturday morning for another exciting episode. If you have questions for the host or would like to be featured on an episode, please write into comics over coffee podcast at gmail.com. Special thanks to my fellow co-host Bo and Brady and a very special shout out to our artist Emily Rich.
2: Okay. Get yourself a Duncacino, Bo. No, I'm doing something frou fru, my guy. This is about to be a non-black coffee. Did a you get dunk- a
0: pink drink? Did you get a pink
2: drink? drink? You would have heard that, Brady. I'm I'm live talking right now.
0: Mm-hmm. I heard
1: you order anything.
0: Yeah, I'm going to say I didn't hear you order anything. Right, you can just I just please get oh, a
2: venti iced caramel macchiato. Mm, oh, nice. at Starbucks.
0: Both <laughs> one of those guys that says oh, that'll thank be it. you before ordering. Hey, right, just to
2: be red. So not, please.
0: Thank you. You don't well, have, have my total
1: thing. right I now. Know. Why do I, do I have to go to the window? window.
2: Why is it? Why do I have to think about it and wonder what what my total is? It's right there on the screen. I can tell you what my total is gonna be.
0: <laughs> yeah, but if they're gonna, they might add some things and change it.
2: Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we thought you would be cool. You showed up to the window. You actually look like a dipshit. So that's a seventy-five cent dipshit tax.
0: You said thank you before, so we took a dollar <laughs> off because no one's ever done that to me before. <laughs>